You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. friends, welcome to episode 18 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether that is a uh, as a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I am Sarah, and Rob is not here tonight. Where did Rob go? Uh, Rob took a little vacation. He took a little time off. So uh, tonight in the studio... We have our uh, friend of the show, uh, Matthew Stewart Fulton. I want to thank you so much for being with us tonight. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Uh, now, um, tonight we're going to be discussing uh, difficult situations at the table. Um, so emotionally trying situations where things get uh, – you know, things get a little uh, a little hairy, a little uh, triggering perhaps. Yeah. Um and such like that. So uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, Matthew. I'll, I'll let you uh, do the talking here uh, uh, just to, about what co- sort of qualifications you're bringing – you're coming into this discussion with. OK. Um, well, aside from being um, longtime gaming companions with you and Rob and that whole circle, uh, I am a licensed clinical social worker here in Michigan. I work as a psychotherapist and so I have some background knowledge about emotion, mood, behavior, dealing with uh, – Interpersonal communication challenges, mm-hmm. uh, people who are experiencing uh, history or experiences of uh, anxiety, depression, trauma, things that you know, don't necessarily directly tie to role-playing games, but we're going to draw some connections tonight. Sure, absolutely, and 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 I think it's a. It's it's a really it's it's not always an obvious connection to draw, um, but there's there's definitely a lot of connections there because in you know I mean a lot of a, a lot of storytelling becomes very emotional. Um, you can deal with some very difficult subjects. You're sometimes your your villains are doing heinous things, and sometimes those heinous things can make people feel certain ways about things, uh, and and it goes a lot broader than that, which I think our, our discussion tonight will, will, uh, will cover. So yeah. uh, thank you so much for being in the studio with us tonight. My pleasure. Um, so the very first thing we have here uh, on our uh, on our sheet uh, is, is a mental health disclaimer. Yeah, this is a um, – what we're going to be talking about, tonight, talking about tonight, suggestions and advice discussed in the show are just for entertainment and educational purposes. This is not intended to be clinical advice for anybody and it shouldn't be a replacement for that sort of advice. Um, so if you're listening to the show um, or contact me uh, through the means available through the show, um, that's not going to form any kind of client-therapist relationship. It doesn't imply any level of confidentiality and there is no obligation for for a clinical response. Um, I want to make clear um, if you are experiencing a crisis or some other kind of critical life emergency, call 911. Um, if you're going through some kind of distress um, – Contact your doctor or your uh, your local uh, your insurance company. Get a list of uh, mental health care providers and, and follow up on that. What we're talking about tonight is about uh, having fun and addressing challenging interpersonal situations that may arise while you're having fun, 
we aren't doing therapy here. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. Right, right. So none of this is uh, – this is not mental health um, – uh, this is this is uh, advice from an informed perspective. Right, right, right. So none of this should be taken as you know, like formal mental health advice from you know <laughs> from a professional. Please, by all means, if you do have something to work through, seek you know seek someone directly. Uh, that said, um, so there there. Okay, I'm trying trying to think of how to how to actually broach the subject here. Um, Events in games can uh, become very emotionally trying. I mean, that's that's kind of just the thesis statement for the entire discussion tonight. Um, we've got uh, it's it's not always you know a, a situation that's very cut and dry. Uh, it's not always a situation where uh, you know a um, a subject like uh, like rape or child abuse or something like that might come up where it's it's directly, you know, very traumatic and, you know, can be – it's a very real-world thing with very real-world consequences and, uh, you know, not, not we're not always aware of exactly how things are affecting us as players or as a storyteller. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. So when when something like this does happen, um, you know, what sort of signs should we be looking for and, you know, how do you think we should be handling it? Underlying all of this is the idea that uh, clear and open communication is going to be the most important part of addressing heightened emotions around the game table or any kind of interpersonal challenge that may come up. Um, again, we're doing this for fun. We're presumably doing this with friends, though not always. There are settings where we may be doing this with relative strangers. Sure, sure. Um, and so being able to be a, uh, a compassionate listener and being able to effectively communicate with other people, these are just general good life skills to have. Um, when we're talking about the setting of a role-playing game where we are experimenting with uh, ideas, with concepts, um, with personality characteristics or traits that may or may not normally be part of our regular daily life, mm -hmm. we may be um, opening ourselves up or touching something in someone else that uh, they wouldn't normally run across in the, in the gaming setting. Sure, absolutely. And I mean that can, that can happen from an in-character or an out-of-character perspective as well. Um, you know, it's it's not always the actions of the characters or the, or the parts of the story. Sometimes it's the the players at the table. Um, I, I think one of the one of the things that you know we were we were discussing a little bit before the uh, before the show that's uh, really kind of sticks out with me is that um, we and Rob and I have said it before. You come to the table with an assumption of friendship. You come to the table with an assumption that everybody is there to contribute to the overall happiness and well-being of everybody else. And so if you do have a situation crop up, whether in character or out of character, where you have um, a situation like this happening when someone is becoming uncomfortable, um, that they may not actually be aware that their actions are causing distress amongst the players. I, again, I agree. Um, there, there are situations that arise where you know, perhaps you get caught up in the moment um, you get really excited or interested about something that's happening in the game that your character is doing. Mm -hmm. You get into it. You get, you get really excited about what's going on and you say or do something, uh, whether it's whether it's a passing comment from during table chatter or something that your character says and it may push a button in somebody else and that other person may not realize that, that button was there. Mm -hmm. um, 
or or they did, and it's not something that has come up in that setting. And we 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 don't sit down with our gaming group and and talk about our our Do deep and involved full, history. Full psychological profiles <laughs> turned in along with your character histories at yeah, the beginning yeah. of the game. <laughs> We're gonna we'll be, we'll we'll start with uh, psychosocial assessments and then move on to uh, rolling stats. Right. <laughs> You know, and, and those things may not also also be uh, you know readily um, uh, readily apparent either. Just from the standpoint of you wouldn't it, sometimes things that we think are, um, are are perfectly benign may end up being something that's triggering for somebody. And I, you know, actually, I think before before we go any further, I, I do want to define what the word trigger means because I know, especially you know, among certain you know culture, it, it gets. It gets thrown around, I think, a lot nowadays, yeah. and um, oftentimes, unfortunately, in a joking sense, uh, a trigger. Uh, you know, do you want to do you want to give a definition for that? I I don't have a, uh, a hard clinical definition uh, okay. right right in front of me, but what we can what we can say about trigger, mm-hmm. triggering events are they are um, actions um, or words that. Connect with some with, connect with an experience that someone has had uh, in a way that uh, causes usually a heightened state of uh, some form of anxiety, um, and can it can either connect directly with an experience that someone has had that can lead them to going through some kind of flashback or dissociative event, mm-hmm. or might make them just really uncomfortable in the right. moment. It may causes causes some uh, distress in the moment, and it may not be particularly focused on something. Um, Something that's happened to them in the past, it may be relevant to something that is currently going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So it just—I I wanted to bring that up just importantly, just because, like I said, I, I don't think a lot of people understand exactly what the word the word it means, but it gets used a lot nowadays. So I wanted to be sure that we weren't just talking about something that maybe moderately offends you, or you know, something like that. We're talking about severely like impacting someone's mental well-being. Yeah, it's it's tied directly to um, some kind of uh, emotionally challenging event that they've experienced. Sure. Uh, so when we're talking about um, you know other things that that, that that could be triggering to somebody, uh, you know, for instance, if you have someone who is severely hydrophobic, um, you know, who is like terrified of water, you know, and we're and we're talking like legitimately phobic, like. The idea of being submerged in water literally puts them into fits, you know, and you start describing a scene where a, you know, a water elemental is smothering somebody that might be a pretty emotional moment for that player, you know, especially if they've had incidences where, you know, maybe maybe they almost drowned when they were six in a, in a, in, in a, in a pool or something, you know. And so it's not always something that's on the surface. I mean, obviously, heinous acts of, you know, personal violence and stuff like that can be a real harsh thing to describe. But you need to be mindful, I think, of the players sitting at your table, of the people around you at all times. And if you do see an emotional shift in people, don't be afraid to put things on hold, you know. Yeah. yeah. Always, always, as the game master, as the storyteller, you are being attentive to what your players are doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not a huge leap to pay attention um, and be mindful of um, what is happening um, in their affect when they're when they're sitting around the table. Is does someone start to withdraw from the group? Is someone are there are there signs that someone's getting irritated, angry? Are tears showing up in their eyes in what seems to be an otherwise uh, relatively, uh, in, in the sense of role role playing games, mm-hmm. ordinary 
see an ordinary series of events as the story unfolds. Right, right. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more, uh, you know, talk a little more turkey. Um, there's essentially two sides to, to most games, and that is the storyteller side and the player side. Um, so let's discuss a few things, like uh, just kind of as a storyteller. Um, what are specific things that, that we could do to kind of minimize emotional impact at the table? Um, this is going to go back to kind of the, the underlying theme that I, I brought with me tonight, and that is communication. Communication. Always communication. <laughs> Talk with people. Pay attention to people. Most, one of the most important parts about communication is listening to people, not just talking. Um, so as a storyteller, um, let people know ahead of time if there are going to be events or things happening in the game that uh, in a, outside of the game setting um, might be uh, disturbing or problematic. And uh, you and Rob have used the, uh, the example several times in, the, in your D&D game uh, that, uh, that Rob and I are both players in of you – brought us a trigger warning before a session because uh-huh. th- there was the possibility that there were going to be uh, NPC children um, in a threatening situation within the game and you wanted to make sure that wasn't going to be uh, disturbing to anyone. Um, some things are going to seem, I guess, um, fairly obvious. Uh, there are some situations which uh, will be troubling to most people and being mindful of that and Letting everybody know this is a sequence where we're going to be dealing with this kind of scenario. Um, is there anything that I need to know so that um, I can make some changes in case that's going to be distressing or uh, uncomfortable, um, or or is just going to make just going to make it not possible for you to engage in the game? Right, 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 and. I, I think it's uh, pretty safe to say, like if you know, if you do have somebody express things like that, that you know, yeah, I'm I'm not actually okay with this. That like you need to be prepared to just veto that aspect of your story. Um, it's that's not an open invitation to negotiate with the person. That's not a. Um, it's it's not really up for debate. Right. You know, you're not going to convince the person suddenly that this aspect should be okay or something like that. You know, the you need to give your players the freedom to be able to just say like, no, that's not cool, and just say okay. And honestly, they really shouldn't even have to justify it. No. No. Um, because again, we're we're not. Well, with the exception of yourself, <laughs> we're not qualified professionals. So, And I'm not a therapist when I'm sitting at the table. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not a therapist when you're sitting at the table. So honestly, the reasons why are completely irrelevant because they're not going to change and you don't need to know them anyway. Right. So um, one of the other things too that uh, I, I think I've mentioned in previous episodes but I wanted to kind of bring up again um, was the X card but, yeah. or, the, or the red card. Uh, and I, I uh, looked up today. It's actually it's something that I got out of the Urban Shadows um, guide, uh, the, the the main book for for Urban Shadows, and um, it actually cites uh, John Stavropoulos, uh, who came up with this idea. Uh, the X card is essentially it's a tool that helps groups manage difficult content without setting artificial boundaries or flagging uncomfortable topics in advance. And essentially, what it is is just a card that sits in the middle of the table with a big X on it. And at any time, any player or the storyteller, if they are uncomfortable with the current subject matter of uh, of the game, uh, can reference that card, hold it up, tap it, whatever. No questions are asked. That subject gets vetoed, 
gets retconned, you work around it, you rewrite it, you do whatever you have to possibly to make that no longer a thing in your game. If you need if you need to pause for a few minutes and regather your thoughts, do so. Mm-hmm. Um, as as a storyteller, you hopefully um, well the people listening to this show, mm-hmm. some of them are still learning the fine art of storytelling, and part of that is being able to rewrite stuff on the fly. Oh, absolutely. So for the experienced storytellers, if somebody taps the card, holds the card up, rewrite that aspect of the story uh, right there um, and um, de-escalate the situation. The, the the card does a great job of addressing um, an element that the, – the elements of either someone isn't aware that uh, there's a situation that's going to impact them mm-hmm. or someone isn't comfortable sharing. Right. And if they're not comfortable sharing – that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's let that's 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 their story to tell or not tell as they see fit. Yeah. So when the card is when the card is tapped, then you you change the focus, move away from that what that topic was, carry on with the story from there. Sure. And that doesn't even have to be um, something specifically that's an in character discussion either. I mean, I know I mentioned earlier, you know, it may be an in character thing like a, you know, hydrophobia or something like that. That's or you know, you put spiders out there and they're severely arachnophobic, you know, and the and the miniatures on the table are literally freaking them out. But um, you know, it may it may even be something that's out of character as well. Um, I know we've had situations in my own tabletop game where a couple of our players were. Uh, getting into rather spirited debate yeah. for yeah. a good while, and uh, it was it, it had gotten to the point where a couple of the other players had to had to kind of speak up and say, "Look, all right, let's you know, this is this is getting overly heated and overly lengthy. Let's come to a consensus and move this on because at this point, it's no longer fun for us." You know, yeah. once once you take the fun out of the equation. Why are we all at the table? So oh. let's fix that and go back to having fun. Exactly, exactly. Um, so what about from the player side? Um, I, I want to bring up one one oh, yeah, la- sure, one, sure, la- sure, one sure. last thing before we we go on, and we've we've touched around this, but mm-hmm. um, the idea of uh, of discomfort um, in a setting doesn't have to be based on content or interaction. Um, there may be uh, discomfort due to the environment that you, that you are in. Um, and I, I recall this is a subject that's come up before. Again, someone might feel uncomfortable saying, it's too warm in here. Could we open a window or turn on a fan? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking about a range of things from, um, some, from some potentially serious emotional concerns to just small, low-level comfort issues that increase someone's Discomfort or anxiety in a, in a setting. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. I want to make sure that's a it's a welcoming environment, really, in kind of in all aspects. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So from the player side, then it's going to be a lot like the game master, although players aren't guiding the story. However, their characters may have uh, traits, uh, personality quirks, or may engage in actions that can have a similar impact. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe your party's mage is the one who summons the water elemental and is the one who is describing what is happening. Right, right. So players be mindful of each other. Um, uh, you you may not be aware that something that is happening is having an impact on someone if you're if you're not checking in with people. And when I when I say checking in, I mean just glance around the table, look at everybody, see how they're doing. 
Right, right. So if you're normal, a normally boisterous person at the table is uh, suddenly withdrawn and looking distressed, you know, that's definitely something you want to look into. Yeah. Um, another thing, too, is avoid casting guilt or aspersions on anyone. Um, kind of touching back on that, uh, you know, we're, we're assumed to be friends at the table. Um, but not only uh, from the standpoint of the person who maybe maybe I suppose the offending party, you know, the, the the one who is doing the thing that is causing the distress, whether whether knowledgeable about it or not. Right. Um, but I, I know that sometimes you can there there can be anxiety over being the um, the wet blanket at yeah. the table. You know, guys, I know we're all having a really intense scene here, but this is making me uncomfortable. But I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to be that person who's you know, quote unquote, touchy or, you know, sensitive or whatever you want to say. Yeah. I don't want to ruin everybody else's fun. It's important to allow your players to exist in an environment where they feel comfortable speaking up and know that there aren't going to be any sort of negative repercussion for looking out for their own well-being, honestly. Yeah. And and still we may run into a situation where someone isn't comfortable speaking speaking up in the moment. Mm-hmm. Or speaking up in front of a, a group of people. Um, and so as a player or a storyteller, if you see something that is happening with a person, it's usually if you want to if you want to follow up in more detail, it's usually a good idea to do so in a more private setting. Um, it's looking at someone at the table, you are you know, you've got tears forming in your eyes, it looks like you're about to start crying, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Some people are gonna are going to be okay with that kind of a a conversation in the more public setting. Some people, it's going to cause them to back away even further. So err, now they feel called out, right? Yeah. So err on the side of of uh, being attentive to people's experiences and take it take it someplace else or bring it up at a at another time uh, when it isn't going to be as public as around the table. Uh, do you can you think of um, some indicators? Uh, probably some physical indicators or emotional indicators that that um, storytellers could look for, or even other players could look for, um, if if a, a distressing situation is unfolding. Yeah, um, we're talking about a role playing game, so mm-hmm. people are going to be possibly presenting themselves differently. So the norm is going to be someone who's acting differently than how we usually see them. Um, what you'll be looking for are uh, a change in uh, in emotions, affect, how, what, what feelings are on a person's face or in their body language, usually uh, going uh, in more in a downward direction. There may be some physical withdrawal, um, some communication withdrawal, um, changes in facial expression, which could look like I, – I, it could just be blank, mm-hmm. uh, someone, who's, someone whose expression goes completely flat. Um, someone may start to look angry when it's not in the context of the scenario – uh, again, being tearful is a good thing to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who stops paying attention to other people, um, breaking eye contact, staring staring at the table, staring into a corner of the room. Thing, things where people are pulling away from communicating with their friends around the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so in situations like that where you do, where you do witness something like that, um, so call a stop to things. Maybe just to actually subtly ask if, like, let's let's take a five-minute break here. Let's all just stretch our legs and take a deep breath and maybe kind of address it um, privately if you don't think that that's a, that's a situation where, you know, the person might take yeah. well to being called out at the table. 
If you have background information that tells you what's going on, hopefully you've, you, you already know what you're going to do in response. Kind of contrary to what I just got done saying, if you see that happening and you, you, can, you, you look at the person, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And whatever they say, go with that. If they say, yes, I'm fine, okay, go, go ahead and keep going. You may want to be attentive to what was just happening and sure. see if it's time to shift the topic. Sure. Or if they, if they say, no, I'm not okay, it's time for a break. And when you reach out to someone, the ball is in their court. Let them respond as they see fit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I would say err on the, err, err on the, uh, the side of caution here. Yes. If uh, you're genuinely worried that there might be something going on and, uh, you know, just call a break yourself. You don't need to justify that. You're the storyteller. Absolutely. Tell everybody you need to stretch your legs. Tell everybody you need to go to the bathroom, something like that. Give yourself the excuse to just walk away from the table. You don't have to put anybody on the spot and it's on you. Hopefully, um, as a group, you have set an expectation Mm -hmm. that if someone needs a break for any reason, they can just say, can we take five? Yep. Or I need five. That is a healthy expectation to set. Uh, At our gaming group, we we just say we need to go study our spells. (laughs) Going to feed the horses. Okay. Um, so we, we talked a little bit earlier too about, um, you know, whether or not people may be comfortable bringing that up. Uh, you know, what what is bothering them and stuff like that. And I think that's uh, that's just kind of one kind of important thing I wanted to uh, go back and touch on too is that um, communication is all well and good. But you you are you don't have to tell your storyteller what's happening. Um, so players, other storytellers, you know, give yourself permission to just you know if look if it's bothering you, to keep you can keep it to yourself. That's fine. But if you are comfortable discussing it, it can be valuable to at least clue that person in because if your storyteller or your other players don't know what's causing the issue, it may recur. Correct. Um, but again, look out for your own comfort first. So if you cannot communicate that in a way that you feel safe, that you feel um, can, you know, that, that you'll be able to to uh, basically, if you can't stay safe, you know, if you're, if, you're, if and not not just in a way of like coming to direct bodily harm, but I mean like causing yourself further emotional distress, right? Um, and such like that, you know, by all means. Me- be the measure of that, but do know that, um, you know, especially like if, if for the storyteller, they're not going to be able to avoid touching on those topics if they don't understand what those topics are. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we, we kind of jotted down here too, uh, and this is something I actually have a little personal uh, personal experience with. Um, not sure how much I, I, I personally want to get into it, um, but uh, is that Role-playing can be a great venue to actually kind of work some of this stuff out Um, because it does allow us to safely sit around a table with no consequences other than some graph paper and dice and explore difficult topics, um, difficult events, and, you know, even uh, possibly uh, things of your own identity. Absolutely. The – we, we went into this with the idea of there may be challenges at the table. People may be struggling with things. Mm-hmm. How do we manage that? The other – another aspect of this is what can we do that uh, that challenges us, 
What can we do that may help us formally or informally address some of the things that are that are living living in the backs of our minds and the things that are taking up emotional space sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know uh, from personal experience, um, aspects of my identity as a member of the LGBT community um, where characters before I was out uh, were trial runs for me. Yeah. This is an aspect of my character. Let's see how this plays out. And, you know, it, it felt a certain way to do that as my character. And so I had certain I, – I, I was I was far more comfortable with myself after having played a character that exhibited those those aspects, um, and I, I've heard this story dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Um, anywhere you find an intersection of, uh, you know, the LGBT community and the role playing community, I think you'll you're going to find stories like this a lot. Where, oh, you know, I I was trans, so I played a girl character for the first time, and that helped me realize. Who I was, or you know, I was gay and I was I was completely closeted with it. So I played a gay character, and that allowed. I mean, it was just the character. There was no consequences for it other than dice and graph paper. But when I hit on that barmaid, you know, and she responded, "Oh, it felt so good," and kind of realized, you know, this awesome. is yeah, yeah. And I, I, it, I, I, every time I hear one of the stories, it just warms my heart. It really does. Yeah. Because um, I, 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 I love success stories. Absolutely. That was the very first thing you you greeted me with when we met for dinner before uh, before the show tonight. Yeah, was yeah. Success stories are incredibly satisfying. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of success stories, though, uh, we were also talking a little bit about actually using um, uh, role playing as a therapy tool. It's it's uh, something that I, I I feel a little feel a little. Uh, little empty space when I realized this is something I could have been looking into for years. <laughs> and it's really only to, only relatively recently that I've been looking at role-playing games as a, as a possible mechanism for a therapeutic intervention of some kind. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done experiential activities, which tend to be you know, arts activities or physical activities to, to engage with a person and start building the therapeutic bond. And I just – somewhere along the way, I just never sat down and said, hey – we have these systems of rules <laughs> that allow us to explore some really amazing things in relatively complete safety. Why am I not doing this already? Right. Um, and I've, I have I have found that there are uh, there are groups online that are doing this. Um, mm-hmm. co- collectives of therapists who use RPGs as uh, as therapeutic tools or as instructional tools. Um, I have I've not finished reading all of the research papers that I found, but I found research papers. But it's a non-zero number of research papers. Correct. Like it's, it's papers with an S. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very exciting. Um, and so you know, going going back to an earlier topic in a show, maybe there is uh, a future for professional storytelling. In a in a somewhat different sense than was previously discussed. I I am so excited about the future of this hobby. Honestly, I am so excited because I mean oh, not yeah. not only not only when when Rob said the words professional storyteller to me, like I, I think I had that same thing where I like I, my heart swelled, but at the same time I died a little inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, just just between between that, from just a pure hobby standpoint, and also as like a therapeutic tool and as a learning tool too. Because um, we've written down here like uh, math, um, reading, social skills, problem solving, critical thinking, communication skills. I mean, these are all things that 
uh, tabletop role-playing games are completely leveraged upon. It's part and parcel of, of, the, of the process. These are, these are all things that in most role-playing games people work on, whether it's intentional or not. Mm-hmm. And if you go into it knowing that ahead of time, you can intentionally choose this to be a way to work on social skills, to develop your problem-solving skills, all, all, all the yep. things that you just went through. That's – I mean I – there's, there's a story that we, we talked about where I, I learned the metric system through role-playing games. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I was born here in the U.S. I was mm-hmm. raised, raised on, on, our, on our standard system and a long time ago I found Gamma World, which was using the metric system. And I, I played that voraciously for, for a couple of years and when somewhere along the way I was – I realized I was – thinking in metric and in English and I was converting back and forth mm-hmm. except Celsius. There, there, that's, just, there's, it's, that's just not that a clean a, transition. That is a mystery to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Still, <laughs> still use a calculator for that one. You Google that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but so yeah, there are practical elements to role-playing games. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I think it's important what you, what you noted earlier too is that if you know that going in, you can tailor – your your game, your story, your setting to reinforce those type of things, you know. So if you are working on, you know, math and reading skills for say maybe a group of younger, uh, you know, younger players or something like that, you can even like put them in a dungeon where there's puzzles that require teamwork and mathematics, you know, to yeah. put things together. And the great thing is, is that much like a lot of the emotional uh, uh, ways of going through things, if you do have you know, people who have uh, anxieties about, say, working in a group or, you know, things like that. It, there's that layer of separation where, oh, it's it's not me. It's 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 my it's my orc paladin Throgmar. Right. You know, and that now it's OK yeah. because Throgmar can do these things. Yeah, it's just part, part of Throg, Throgmar's day. Exactly. And exactly. Um, that's something right. really compelling I was about to say. And I just lost it. <laughs> <laughs> It's all the time. <laughs> um, so, you have any any uh, any final thoughts? Um, I just I want to circle back, uh, kind of the yeah, kind yeah. of the beginning. Um, and the 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 key to a good game, the key to being supportive, um, and one of the key elements just of everyday living is uh, being a good communicator, mm-hmm. which means not just being able to speak. But very importantly, being able to listen. Being able to listen, exactly. And and and, and when I say listen, um, what most of us do, and what the way most conversations unfold is, we listen to the other person just long enough to get a gist of what we think that they are going to, they're saying, to, uh, what we think their topic is. Mm-hmm. We we stop listening and start formulating our response. So already there's a little bit of a disconnect. Yep. If you're really listening, you will listen to everything. That the other person or people say until they are done talking, take a moment, figure out what they're saying, possibly by checking back in with them. Ask questions. Make yes. sure you make sure you've heard them correctly. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, you just listen. Now I'm going to affirm this is what I think you said, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to give a response based on that. Sure. Um, during the process of storytelling, that that may be a little bit clunky, um, but that's that's a different venue. Mm-hmm. For more general communication, listen to what someone else is saying all the way through, verify you know what's been said, and then you can respond. And that process 
is is cyclical. Actually, I mean that that's actually something I I do at my table too because we've we've gotten into a couple situations. Um, one notable of which I think was slightly before you joined the game, um, where one of the players was uh, becoming a bit agitated because a spell did not turn out the way that that player thought that that spell should unfold. Okay, and uh, there was there was some argument kind of back and forth, and I, I kind of stopped and I'm like, the wording of the spell is kind of not it doesn't really matter. Like what outcome did you hope for like regardless of what you know what what's going on what what i need to know is what were you looking to get out of the experience let's let's not worry about the wording of the spell or who was standing where or when it was said just what can i do in this story right to help you feel better about what's happening you know and kind of try to look for what the underlying issue is and, and, and shoot for that rather than, you know, staying on the surface of, well, it says is, not was, you know, right. things like that. So any other final thoughts? Um, I think uh, another aspect of that, mm-hmm. which is, again, something that, that you do at your table, is the, the end of game uh, where you oh, yeah, go around yeah, and yeah. check in with everyone. That's a, that's a magnificent example um, where the, you ask a short series of questions. Mm-hmm. Everybody listens to what's being said, digests that. There may be some responses, but you take that in, you process that. Sure, um, sure. You, you take that feedback and you use it to make something better next time. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, if somebody does bring up that, bring up an issue with you, accept that feedback, you know, and 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 be open to that feedback in the first place. Yeah. I think it's, that's, that's, that's a real, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up. You want to answer some questions? Uh, I, I think I'm ready to try. All right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, uh, we, we put all of our guests on the spot. So if you're going to be here in the studio with us, you are, uh, you are answering the, the, uh, the listener questions as well right alongside us. So okay. All right. So reaching back out to, uh, to our Discord server, our, uh, one of our Patreon supporters, Knox in a Box, thank you very much, sir. Uh, reached out to us and asks, you mentioned in the last show of world building that the world has to have rules and stick to them. Applying uh, that to this new show about difficult and emotional situations, do you feel like there needs to be a discussion and agreement made at the beginning of the campaign or whenever a new character enters that says these things might happen? This is the price of admission for the campaign. Uh, in an early attempt to eliminate any situations that might arise later, uh, would that be too controlling or limiting for a DM to impose? I think this is an excellent question. I love this question. Absolutely love this question. Uh, so, Matthew, do you wanna do you wanna go first, or you wanna you wanna hear me? Well, um, you you are our current storyteller, mm-hmm. um, or at least the one who has more games under her belt um, currently. So, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I, I, I I guess I'm speaking from the context of of my return. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay. Um, so as, as the senior storyteller at the table, uh, I, am, I am interested on your perspective on this. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, so this is a bit of a multi-part question. I'm just rereading it real quick just to make sure I'm, I'm addressing it. Um, and so this, this is an example of, of making sure you, you understand the question that's being asked. Yeah, yep. So this is, this is active listening right here uh, or active reading as it were. Okay, so uh, 
do I feel like there needs to be a discussion and agreement made at the beginning of the campaign or whenever a new character enters that says these things might happen, this is the price of admission in an early attempt to eliminate these situations? Uh, I, I think the answer is twofold. It's both yes and no. Uh, on one hand, I think setting proper expectations is uh, one of the most crucial aspects of good communication. Uh, I think saying that this is the type of campaign that we will be running, these are themes that will uh, quite possibly arise or or definitely arise in the storytelling because that's simply the style of story that we are here to tell uh, is important because then you do give people that proper expectation of, okay, well, you know, you did kind of warn us. Um but I, I don't necessarily know that it's that it's a, a this is how it is and you all just need to deal with it. Um, at the beginning of, of any game um, and honestly and, and, and very much like you said, whenever a new player enters the game, uh, there needs to be a discussion. It's not a lay down the rules and say this is going to happen and you just need to suck it up. It is a, um, OK, what's, what style of story are you looking to tell? Are you okay if I tell this kind of story? How can we work together to tell both of our stories successfully? And if your story, if 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 your measure of success means that I can't put, um, you know, a rapist or a necromancer or something, you know, giant spiders or giants or yeah, giant spiders or, or or you know, submerged temples. Or something doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever that subject matter is, if it's going to be difficult for you to um, to be comfortable with that as an aspect of the story, um, then by all means, you as the player absolutely get to lay that down as a rule for me, not the other way around. Like I don't get to tell you, like, well, sorry, you know, this is just what the villain does. I, I might have I might have a difficult time rewriting stuff, but dude, if I'm gonna have you at my table. I'm going to make that a good experience for you. And if you tell me it's flat out not going to have a good experience, if, you know, A, B, or C is, is part of the story, then I got some rewriting to do. That's just flat out how it is. Or if we can't find a common ground, maybe this just isn't the story for you. Maybe you as the player need – you know, we, we need to agree that this is not a table you should be sitting at. It's, but it should be a back and forth. It should be a discussion. Yeah. I'm, I – it's not. It's that's a great answer. Um, <laughs> um, it's not word for word uh, what I had in mind reading through this, but it's close enough that uh, it almost could be. Okay, um, fair enough. There's a. It's expectation setting. Uh -huh. um, going back to our theme of communication, yep. or, or my theme of communication. Um, set the expectations. Be clear about them. Um, be willing to compromise, uh, but also. You know, there's there are other people at the table who, especially if this is a new player coming in, mm -hmm. there are already some expectations that have been laid out. Um, and depending on the the dynamics of your social group, it may be that the new person who's uncomfortable with something that is already happening, um, it may be that um, what is going to work out best is if they decide, okay. This is something that is already standing and I'm not going to be comfortable participating. So maybe I'm going to step back from this experience. Oh, that's an excellent point. And, yeah. yeah. And then there will be another game at some point. <laughs> we, we hope <laughs> with, with adult life being what it is. 
I know. I, I don't want. I don't want to scare anybody who's looking scrambling for a game. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we we find ways to make it happen. We do. We do. Um, I I I didn't cheat. I prepared a little bit for this question because it, it it struck me, and I, I did make a few notes. No, 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 no. By all means, man. Um, and so I'm I'm just going to go back over the things I was thinking about earlier. Sure, um, sure. And to, I'm going to reread the question since it's been a while since we actually said what we're answering. Mm-hmm. Um, Laying out uh, the things that might happen. These, this is what you need to accept in order to play the game, in an attempt to uh, forestall uh, situations which might arise later. And is this too controlling or limiting for the storyteller? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, there are going to be situations um, which um, are going to be challenging, and nobody knows about them until they happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all the preparation in the world may be for naught. That's an excellent point. And that's that's where your things like your X card come in and stuff. Right. You right. Know. So have the conversations, but also have resources to address the unexpected, yeah. which is what a lot of what role playing is all about. Exactly. Back to skill building. Um, there may be settings, situations, events which are going to be fairly obvious to some people. Um, and so it's it's certainly worth having a conversation about those. Um, once again, we want everybody to have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, our next question comes from Vedran, uh, previous guest on the show as well. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, was he guest star last time one of us bugged out and left the other one with the show? Right. So <laughs> guilty as charged. I was up north on vacation. Uh, so Vedran asks, how do you handle a player who pushes the game into areas you and or some of your other players find uncomfortable? Uh, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of addressing this one explicitly right here. Um, Matthew, you've made some excellent notes on this. So why don't you – I'm going to hand this one – I'm going to dump this one right in your lap. I, here I am. Um, <laughs> the, I, I have kind of two takes on this. Um, and uh, one is uh, one is acknowledging and the other is establishing um, – you know, is, is using established expectations. Um Generally speaking, um, if someone is kind of pushing pushing the limits, pushing boundaries, um, talk to them about what's happening. This goes back to one of those. It's probably best to have this conversation in private um, for the reasons that we've already mentioned. When you have this conversation, be empathetic. Um, you want you generally speaking, when you are confronting someone, and and I I, I don't mean getting in their face. I mean. This is something that's happening in the game. I would like to talk with you about this. Um, avoid using accusatory language, things like why are you doing this or you did this and um, it's it's disrupting the game and you might have to leave because of this. Um, those tend to lead to higher levels of confrontation, conflict, um, interpersonal strife. Um, so be kind. Be gentle. You don't know necessarily know where this is coming from or what's happening with with this other person. So take it from the perspective of, of what kind of impact you see it having on you, and what you might see it ha- what impact you might see uh, it having on other players in the game. You know, hey, this is I, I I have a feeling that things are not going well. We just had this experience in the game, mm-hmm. and this 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 action that that you just took. It's made me a little uncomfortable because it's moving the game in a direction that isn't in line with with um, what we had in mind, with what we had set out. Um, and I'm concerned that some other people, it may be, it might bother them. And 
I just I just want to know where you're coming from with this. Right, right. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's it's that's why I dropped that so this one in your lap because I think it's a far better answer than I could have articulated. Um, yeah, mostly just handle it like adults, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think I've said what I what I wanted to say about that one. Thank, thanks, thanks, veteran. That was a wonderful question. It's a beautiful question. Um, all right, our, our last one for the night. Uh, Overwatch asks another previous guest of the show. Uh, difficult and emotional situations can be part and parcel to role-playing. Do you have any tips for maintaining the line of what is difficult for someone in character versus what can be hard for someone out of character? I, I reached out to Overwatch about this question. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, uh, the, the gist of what he said was uh, there are some things that a player may have trouble with and there are some things that – they may, the character they are playing is going to have an issue with something. Mm-hmm. How do you keep those things from becoming entwined? Oh, uh, I, I mean, personally, I think it's it's good to, you know, if you do feel that that line is being blurred, you know, take your take your pulse check, take your your step away, your five minutes, even just real quick, duck out a character and just say, hey, are we are we still cool? Like you you know, this is in character, right? Like this is you know. Um, I, 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 I always hearken back to uh, one of the greatest things I ever heard Talos and Jaffe uh, from Critical Role say to another player and that was, I will never be mad at you for something that happens on graph paper. That's awesome. And it's just it's, – it's a good thing to keep in mind that we are all acting and that, uh, you know, certain times, you know, we may act – heated about things. We may act sad or outraged or terrified of things depending on what the story is calling for your character to uh, to be reacting like. Um, but if at any point you do feel that line is being blurred, um, either for you or for someone else, it's important that your table fosters an environment where you feel safe and comfortable calling a timeout, even if it's just for a couple seconds to just say, are we all cool? Okay, cool, game on. Or if you need to take a walk, um, and and that goes again for yourself too. You know, I mean, there there have been times where uh, I've been role playing and I've been getting very angry in character because of things that have been going on, uh, and I thought everything was just peachy because this was a completely in character discussion. I was feeling great that this the scene was so dramatic that it called for my character to be so angry and it was such a, a vibrant and dramatic moment with voices raised and then someone started yelling at me about something that happened you know out of character and I had to I literally just like blinked double took and was like wait a minute hold on hold on are you mad at me or are you mad at my character? Right. And we need to walk away right now because clearly if you are reading my anger as Sarah being angry and not my character being angry, then there's there's something going wrong here. And the role play is no longer important. We need to work this out like people, you know. Yeah. Like a lot of entertainment media, you can get caught up in the story. Oh, absolutely. And you, when, you, when you go to the movies – um, and you empathize with the characters on the screen with the experiences when you find yourself crying in a film. Mm-hmm. A com- or, or at a Google commercial, you know, whichever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, dog food commercials. Yeah, yeah. Cute little puppies. Kate's nodding. She knows what I'm about. <laughs> uh, 
but you're you're having an emotional reaction. It's a real emotion. It's mm-hmm. actually it's, it's going on. There's a, there are physical components to these emotions. Yeah. If you really get up into your character and start playing that character, you are likely to start experiencing some of those emotions to some degree. Absolutely. And then just like you're the like you're the movie screen, your fellow players are starting to react to what they are seeing, to what mm-hmm. they are experiencing. Oh yeah. And so you, Sarah, Throgmore the angry orc paladin, mm-hmm. the really, really angry orc paladin is smashing tables and smashing barns and smashing trolls and yelling and screaming at, at peasants and your your friend across the table has started to react to the anger that they are perceiving. Mm-hmm. Even even if you are you are it's it's not there. If you are you know if you are pure purely acting without actually feeling the anger, yep. or even if you are feeling a little bit of it, because because yeah. it's it's driving sure. it's driving story. I mean, and, some, it has to be there somewhere for me to pull on it to to yeah you know to to act it out you know. But those but those emotions are valid. Absolutely, and then. We have to look to our prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. our impulse control, our decision making, and go. We're playing a game, yep. and I'm 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 feeling this. I've got I've got actual emotion going on in me, and I might feel my my pulse is racing. I'm feeling a little warm because I'm getting worked up because anger is that anger has touched something in me. Yep, um, and I think it's a, a an important idea to to keep in mind is. This is not something that you have done to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is my experience. Whatever is happening, I'm experiencing an emotional reaction to something that I am perceiving. You did not do this to me. Right. It right. may have your actions may have touched something in me that caused that to come up. Mm-hmm. But you're not responsible for my the emotions I'm feeling. That's very important. That's very important. And then similarly, you're not responsible for what I say as, as a result of those emotions. That's all, that's all on me. Mm-hmm. Did we actually answer his question? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I feel pretty good about that answer. Um, well, that's actually, that's actually all the questions that we had. Uh, we're, we're a few minutes under the wire, but we're, we're, coming, up, we're coming up to the end, the, the, the typical you know, one-hour ending point of the show. So. Yeah. Uh, is there is there anything else you want to you know kind of circle back on any anything these questions brought up any final thoughts that you want to do uh, you want to add on to the discussion before we wrap for the night? We've put a lot of a lot of uh, weight on the storyteller's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is a person who has already undertaken potentially a monumental load because they they have an idea mm-hmm. and they are bringing it to the table and asking for um, well you have brought it to the table and you ask you have asked for our help in seeing it to fruition. Um, and so we have this big collaborative process, but you're you're the you're the spark, and you are the one who keeps bringing new material that inspires us, that helps us all drive this story forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent a reasonable amount of, amount of time also asking you to be not a therapist, but uh, maybe a kind of advisor, um, uh, potentially a, a shoulder to cry on. Um, and some people aren't going to be comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we've, I mean, it may be that as a storyteller, you love running the game, you love telling the story, but that's all that you want to do. And 
I, I don't want this to have been an, a, a, an idea that this is also your responsibility because you're running the game. Right, right, right. I mean, it, it, at a certain point, you're you're all adults at the table, usually, um, and you know a certain amount of, of responsibility on each individual person to kind of like look out for their own well-being. You know, uh, I'm no more a licensed therapist than you know than most other storytellers. So, uh, you know, definitely as a player, look out for your own your own well-being and yeah. Yeah. As I was just saying, your emotions and your reactions are, are yours. Are yours. Please right. own them. Your well-being is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, other people may help in maintaining it and may improve it. But you're the one you're the one living in your own skin. You're the one who has the best idea about what you are experiencing, mm-hmm. um, about how things will impact you. And if there are things that you are not comfortable doing in the setting of a role-playing game, you want to set yourself up ahead of time so that you have an, an out, so that you have a way to um, get away from something uncomfortable or a way to decompress when uh, something challenging occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the people um, who become surprised by what they experience, hopefully perhaps this show and other resources available out in the world is something that will – provide you with some inspiration about what to look for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I can't say it enough, and this is not just because, uh, you know, I have Matthew sitting in the room with me, but also as someone who has seen a therapist, um, you know, for quite some time to work through some of my own stuff uh, and had great success with it, um, by all means, if you are dealing with something, uh, I mean, you know, obviously we've, we've kind of said that, the, you know, the your, your, your gaming table is not necessarily the place to work that out, uh, unless it is. Uh, but by all means, please see someone professional who is licensed to deal with this sort of thing, trained to deal with this sort of thing. And you know, you, even if even if you think it's just minor, um, I strongly advocate for uh, for mental health services. And uh, you know, I think we all have some stuff to deal with. We all have things that that get to us. We have a lot of pressures on us and such like that. So. Rather than you know bringing that to your table and trying to work through it there, um, by all means, please, if you have the resources available, reach out to someone professional. Let me open that umbrella a little wider. Sure. Um, it's not always about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always about something clinical. Sometimes you just want a space where you can talk about anything, anything at all, and know that it is something that will be kept in uh, in the high, at the highest level of confidence. And so having that as a resource uh, can be invaluable just as a person living in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, not everyone is going to experience a mental health illness in their life. But almost anybody can benefit at some point in their life by having an informed person that they can talk with about whatever challenge it is that they're facing. Mm-hmm. Who's not going to try to one-up them? Who's not going to try to talk about their own problems? Who is trained – to listen and if so, you know, uh, so necessary, offer, you know, some informed solutions. Yep. That's, so. that's it. All right. Well, I think that probably brings our, our discussion to a wrap here. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave, and you can find our Discord, which we uh, strongly encourage you to hop on, ask us some questions. 
and uh, you know, find us there. Join the discussion. There's a lot of really great discussion. Uh, it's cool. uh, you know, obviously uh, myself and Rob, but also uh, Matthew is the Mad Elf on our Discord server, so he'll be there as well. Uh, most of uh, our other uh, Patreon uh, people, our former guests, and such like that. So by all means, please join the discussion. Um, you can also uh, do want to give a give a quick shout out to our Patreon members, uh, specifically Knox in a Box. So thank you so much for uh, for contributing to the show and helping us do this week after week. Uh, our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Gilly Frog. Our outro music is Only Our Footprints in Sand by Midair Machine. You can find Kate's having a bit of a problem over there. Are we not finding our outro music? It's it's here. It's just not working. Oh, okay. I do it. Whatever, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> so you may be hearing this, depending on if you're listening live or if you're listening after the fact. Um, but that outro music is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find both of those tracks and so much more on freemusicarchive.org. We broadcast every week out of Podcast Detroit, and you can find them online at podcastdetroit.com, on Twitter at Podcast Detroit. Our engineer, who is uh, working diligently over there to try to fix the audio problem, is Kate. Thank you so much, Kate. And uh, glad to have you back. Uh, And uh, once again, a nice, big, uh, very special shout-out to our special guest tonight, Matthew Stewart Fulton. Thank you for lending your expertise to the show. Thank you for having me on board. Absolutely wonderful having you in studio. And uh, our families, uh, specifically Vicky and Sean, who put up with our shenanigans week after week. All of our friends who have sat at our gaming tables with us over the years and helped us uh, helped us become the, uh, the, the wonderful people that we are. And uh, to all of you, our listeners, thank you. We love you. Thank you.